Welcome to Creators Are Brands. My, there's something in my hair. Got to get this out. Okay, welcome to Creators Are Brands, part of the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. I'm your host, Tom Boyd, and I'm a creator strategist, a content creator, and just an all-around explorer of the creator economy. And on today's show, we have a guest host, and I'm excited to introduce you to this guest host because you've been hearing a lot about this individual, and this individual is ChatGBT. So everyone, all the experts are saying, hey, you should use ChatGBT to get the answers. ChatGBT has all the insights. You can do all your research. Just give it the prompts, and it will tell you the answers. And I said, no, 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 no. ChatGBT, you can ask me the questions. <laughs> and I gave it the prompt, and I said, hey, imagine that you were a guest host on this show. This is what the show is about. This is what the host is all about. And these are the questions that it spit out. These are 10 questions. I wrote down some some bold you know, bullet points for each one, and I'm just going to run through them here. So let's get into it. How did you first get interested in creating content, and how did you get started on TikTok and podcasting? <laughs> Great question, ChatGVT. I bought a Handycam in college out of curiosity. I was going to school for health and phys ed, and then I fell into the music industry, where I actually started to create and produce content for real. So it went from just this this little side hobby, then to doing something people were like, hey, we'll pay you to do that. And even if I wasn't getting paid, I was just like doing it for free, and I saw that there was real-world value attached to creating content. Then I started working as an artist, entertainer, and entrepreneur for myself. Then I consulted for brands on their content strategy and still do. But my real passion throughout the process is the conversations that I have with artists and creators around strategy and mindset stuff for their own brands. So bonus footage and creators are brands started as a passion project, an outlet that I can use to scale these conversations with more people. There you go. There you go, ChatGBT. What are some of the biggest challenges you faced in growing your audience and how have you overcome them? There's been a lot, obviously. Learned many, uh, had many failures throughout the process. I think the main one, the main thing the, was I started out creating for attention, like to get attention, for validation-seeking <laughs> behaviors, right? Like, and, and shifting it from the goal of seeking attention to seek to provide value for my audience. And that was just like a, a shift that I, you know, I created a bunch of content media properties had some initial success, but then eventually led to burnout because I didn't enjoy what I was making because it just wasn't true to me because I was creating from a place of getting attention instead of providing value. Now, in the process, I was able to learn skills, and we'll, we'll actually go more into that. So in, in some of the future questions here that ChatGPT wants to know about so badly. <laughs> so how do you come up with new con- how do you come up with new content ideas? How do you stay inspired? And motivated to create. So this goes back to kind of the first question is these conversations that I have with individuals who are trying to build online. I find myself lighting up and, and enthusiastic around whenever I talk to someone that like has a YouTube channel or like has a side hobby where they're selling something and they're trying to figure out to take it to the next level or it's like an artist trying to build a YouTube channel. These are conversations that I already have or I'm excited about, or I just find myself like, you know, if I see an article online, like I want to learn about it. And 
really what happens is then I these I have conversations with friends through text, through you know phone calls, uh, you know just through like you know, just like connecting with each other that have similar goals. What I find is the most enjoyable and the content that actually ends up connecting is if if I would share it with one person, like in one conversation. It usually connects online because what happens is then I have this piece of content that is genuine. If it feels true to me, right, I would actually say it to one person. But also the way people consume content is it's not a whole audience of people. It's one person. So I'm taking this idea that I would share with one person and just simply sharing it to another person that a lot of other persons, (laughs) individuals can connect with in their own way. What are some of the most important skills you've learned as a content creator and how have they helped you succeed? There are many, storytelling, networking, creative strategy, but most importantly, the fact that building online is the best way to learn marketable skills. So I've had YouTube channels, clothing lines, uh, other media properties, like I said, that didn't entirely work out, uh, that aren't like currently part of my brand now, but throughout the process... I learned marketable skills. So writing, videography, editing, creative direction, production, networking, copywriting, like all of these things, when you're starting a YouTube channel, you have to learn, right? And then other people see that you would potentially have these things that other people will pay you to do, or you can apply to future projects. That's why I I support building online in some way, because in the process, you'll see things that you're naturally better at. Then you can learn that, okay, these are the areas where I need to show up. Maybe I need to delegate these things. And, but throughout the process, even if that specific, like the goal that you were, you, were, you were striving for, like we had a parody music channel. It was silly. It was stupid. But throughout the process, I was like, wait, like I love directing videos. I love creating ideas from scratch. I love the, the process of, of editing this and, and telling a story. And then all of those things can, like, those are marketable skills. Those are things that people will pay you to do, or you can apply to future projects. So create a goal, build, build towards it. And throughout the process, you'll figure out what you're great at, what people will pay you for, you know, what things that you, in the future, when you have more resources, you'll be able to delegate to other people to do. Five, how do you balance creating content with other responsibilities like work or school? So, so when, when I do at least an hour of my own stuff every day, I feel accomplished. I feel great. Like if I'm able to get in flow for my own ideas, that's, that's all I really need. It's like one to two hours and I'm able to, to make tremendous progress towards my goals, towards this creative project with, with, that I see as the podcast and the short form content. I, th- I think what people can try to do is like they put too much pressure to be working around the clock on it. But I think you should set your schedule up in a way that it's sustainable. So uh, whether it's getting up a little bit earlier and just doing one hour a day because your ideas are scaling. And then like one hour a day, yeah, I could probably do one video in one hour a day and pick a medium that works for you, whether it's TikTok, uh, Twitter, YouTube shorts, uh, a newsletter, whatever it is. And so I call it a power hobby, right? Because a power, everyone has these hobbies that, that take up our time in some way. Could be an adult league sports it could be fantasy football it could be going out on the weekend like when we have a, a full-time job or or, or or school like we all have these things like scrolling all, we have all these things that we choose to participate in more as like a consumer which is fine but I believe fine I, I, well I encourage 
if you have this desire to to create online, to think about it as a power hobby. And here are the qualities of a power hobby. Like again, everyone has hobbies, but a power hobby is something that like like podcast, shorts, newsletter, digital writing. That even if it fails, you develop marketable skills. So uh, something you enjoy. It's something that you can build your network with. It's something where you create a digital asset in some way, whether it's a newsletter, it's like a podcast, it's, you know, you're building an audience, you rec- and you acquire skills along the way, and this is the most important, it's an outlet for self-improvement. So everyone w- reads the self-improvement books, but if, unless you're taking action on the ideas, unless you have an outlet to channel these ideas through, you're not improving. <laughs> You're just looking at words and information. So I believe a power hobby does those things, right? It's something, again, let's go through it again. You develop marketable skills. You build your network. It's something you enjoy. You create a digital asset, something you own online, and it's an outlet for self-improvement. That is a power hobby. <laughs> uh, so when I'm thinking about balancing content and, and, and work responsibilities. Like that is my hobby. Like that's what I enjoy doing. Like some people go kayaking. I record this podcast on the weekends. I, I have these conversations on weeknights, right? I, 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 I create content like on the fly with, with, you know, with TikTok, like as I'm like curious about this world, fantasy football, that's awesome. If that's your outlet, that's fine. But how cool would it be is if you actually had a digital asset, if you actually built something that around your specific knowledge, around a, a, in an industry where you were excited to network and connect with like-minded individuals. That's what a, po- a power hobby can do for you. And it, does, and it feels like when you, do, when you think about it that way, it naturally complements your day job or, or uh, your, you know, going to school or you know, whatever else you got going on. What are some of the most common mistakes you see new creators make and how can you avoid them? Comparing themselves, comparing themselves, looking at where other people are that have been doing it for years and thinking that their content should look and feel the exact way that theirs does when they're just starting. And that, that, that comes with the next point is like the volume game, being not being willing to play the volume game and the volume game of like making a lot of stuff. And looking silly in the process of making a lot of stuff. A lot of people aren't willing to do that. But that's the way content works nowadays. And it's not. I'm not talking about the, the algorithm. I'm not saying the algorithm likes the volume. Which like obviously a lot of the, the coaches will tell you it does. I think it's more important because you learn how to be more efficient as a creator. You become a better storyteller. You become more confident on camera. You learn more about what it is you want to do and, and, and how you want to show up in your content. You learn more about your audience, right? All from the volume game. Then you can be more strategic because you have all this information. You can apply it to your future content. And then the algorithm obviously is going to probably like it because you're just better at it because of the volume game. So the volume game is more about the acquiring the skills to become a better creator and then because you acquire the skills you're you're allowing yourself to look silly you're allowing yourself to to take 50 swings at the plate and and have the have the audience laugh of you laugh at you but the beauty is there isn't an audience so like why don't you just keep swinging right because then once you hit one out of the park then the audience shows up 
then maybe they go and they look, they look at your backlog of content. So like we, we think silly is not that many views. That's awesome because because you're learning to become a better content creator and not that many people are looking anyway. So it doesn't even matter. So be willing to look silly at the beginning. Have the mindset of building a library, playing the volume game. I think that is like people look for the quick hit because that's what people coach and they kind of like like – kind of sell you that's what it's about but that's not what it's about it's a volume game it's it's having the library building a catalog and a library of content because in that process that's where you become better thank you chat gpt that was a great question how do you engage with your audience and what strategies do you use to build a strong community around your content so i am my audience <laughs> i am my audience i'm learning how to do this right now as I'm sharing like I'm playing in the game but I'm also the sideline reporter I'm also the coach I'm also the player <laughs> right so, uh, so I, I am my audience and I'm and I'm the fan and I, and I and I'm watching other players too and I'm observing them and so like I'm I just care about this this world I care about the solo creator I empathize with them and uh the, so I and I, I that that doesn't work in like all niches, but it works for the one that I I am in, and so I think that's why I'm I'm able to connect with my audience so well because I consider myself like I'm making the show that I want. <laughs> so I don't know. I I I think that Naval talks about escape competition through authenticity. You've heard that everywhere, right? I think that people, they don't end up being authentic because they want to be perceived as an expert. But what I'm saying is you can be like a player can learn something on the field real time and tell the audience about it. And they don't need to be an expert. They, they just need to be sharing their authentic experience. <laughs> and because of that, I'm able to connect with my audience, but also be perceived as an expert. Connecting with your audience is about, it is way easier if you can empathize with your audience and it's easy to empathize with your audience if you consider yourself one of the someone in the audience <laughs> all right so how do you approach collaborations and sponsorships what advice do you give creators who are just starting out in the space so i have a whole podcast for this i don't know which episode it is but i will link it in the description uh i've been getting sponsors i've been getting a lot of sponsorship opportunities i help creators get sponsors I help brands get creators. I know a lot about this world, uh, way more than I, than, than I did when I started. So there's three things that I want to highlight. So listen to that episode, but three quick things I want to highlight. Uh, one, when you are, there's a lot of different ways to collaborate with brands. Let's talk about this through the frame of the brand is paying you to be on your channel. So when they're paying you to be on your channel, you, you make a video that integrates them into your brand. One, it's important to know what they are paying for. They are not paying for a video. They are not paying for a photo. They are paying for the trust that you have with your audience. They know that as a brand that they cannot build that trust because they're a corporation. People don't trust corporations. They trust individuals. They are paying for you. <laughs> they're paying for your word of mouth. Your, like Influencer marketing is just scaled word of mouth. People trust you. If you have a recommendation, the brand says, hey, I will pay you to recommend – like I will pay just to, just to borrow some of the trust that you have with your audience. It's not for a 15-second video. It's for the trust. So the question is how much do I want to sell my trust 
for? <laughs> How much do I want to sell the connection that I have with my audience for? And is it worth it? Is this genuinely aligned with what, I, what it is that I stand for as a creator? Two, double it. <laughs> you can usually charge more. You can usually charge more. If, the, if they come back, if they don't push back, that means you didn't charge enough. There should be some give and take. There should, there should be some back and forth. If they say yes to the first thing, then you did not charge enough. That's a framework that I use. And, and what it does is it, 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 it forces you to expand your mind a little bit. You know, what if I did charge more? And then these people that look for creators, they spend a lot of time finding the right creators. And there's a certain list of people that they really want to work with. And it's it's time consuming to look for the right creators. And what like they're not mad at you. Like I, I find like as the person that looks for creators, like if someone charges a lot, I, I'm like, all right, how do I get them their money? Now like like they wanna pay you too. <laughs> like like they, they don't want you to feel gypped on this. So what I'm saying is charge more. You can always have a conversation about it. And you can charge more in a way that's like that's clearly like, hey, I want to work with you. I want to make this happen. But this is what I usually charge. Let me know if this works for you. You can do it in a way that isn't like adversarial. <laughs> you know, you can you can do it in a way that's like, yo, like I'm, I'm excited about this partnership, but this is what I charge. And, and, then, and then see what they come back with. And then three permissionless partnerships. As people are looking for people to partner with, I'll tell you what people do is. They look up people that are already using the brand. So they look up the hashtags. They look up the people that have tagged them and things. They look up, the, uh, they do, you know, they do search across all these platforms for people that have already shared the fact that they use these brands. Because then, for a couple of reasons, the person already uses it. The audience already, uh, like, ha has been exposed to them talking about using it it's more true to them it doesn't feel like an ad as much and then three it's actually easier for that person that's reaching out to sell it to the people that cut the checks hey listen this is why we should work with this creator they already know how to talk about us uh and they can do it in this way and they have like something that they can clearly point to so start just incorporating things that you use look around for whatever your niche is and just be like oh, oh uh and just incorporate these brands naturally into what it is that you're doing and then use the hashtags for that brands and, and tag them. Do these permissionless partnerships. Then you might get people to try to reach out and like buy that content straight up as UGC or they'll be like, hey, this person is an expert of their audience. They have trust with this audience and there's a clear example of why and how we should work with them. So that's the best way to kind of get into that world. And then also those are things that you can share on your media kit. Even if they didn't pay you, you can say, hey, when we talk about brands, the, this is these are the analytics. <laughs> uh, this is how many clicks we got. This is how many shares this video got. And you can use that as examples of how you're able to convert for brands. What are some of the most valuable lessons you've learned about creativity and content creation and how have they influenced your work? So everyone can be a creator, but not everyone should be or is built for it. People who want to can do it. It's not as easy as it looks and it's, and it's not quick money. <laughs> so when I started, I thought that everyone should be a creator, but I realized that it's not like you got to have a lot of courage and guts to be able to share your ideas online. And some people, they enjoy being more behind the scenes. They don't want that stress. They don't want to be thinking about what people are, are, are talking about them. And that's fine. I think that you can if you want. What I'm saying is if you want to and if you want to get to that point, I think that you can. And that comes through, again, volume and uh, and like and creating a power hobby where 
you kind of look at it in a way where you're not taking it so seriously. It's this outlet for you. And uh, because it's this outlet for you, you're not entirely worried about what people are saying. You're just exploring. And through throughout that process, you create this digital asset. You create this thing that uh, is a lot of fun for you. Now, I think it's like important to have goals, like strive to go direction, but be able to detach from them and know that it's not entirely hitting those goals isn't the isn't the entire metric for whether or not this is a, a success or not for you. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that everyone can be, not everyone should be. Not everyone has the mindset around it. Uh, but if you want to be, if you want to be a creator, you should. Like if it's in the back of your mind, hey, I want to do this, I want to explore this, I think that you should. I would nudge you to to experiment, do a 90-day a, a sprint, sharing your ideas, creating a power hobby, and and uh, finding the format, whether it's a, a podcast, you, uh, video, uh, uh, newsletter, digital writing, Twitter, wh whatever it is, find the format that is the most uh, most true to your style, like where you, where your strengths are as a creator. Like figure that out. It might take some experimentation and then find some specific knowledge, like an industry, a topic that you're excited to share about and do, uh, do a sprint on that. Create a power hobby sprint around that and – uh, again, just commit to it for like 90 days or so. Then look at it and be like, what did I like? What I, what was I good at? What what format is the best for me? And then refine it from there. That's how you can build your confidence around it. That's how you can build your skills around it. And that's how you can get some, some market insights around what's working and what's not. Number 10, looking ahead, what are your goals for the future of your content? My goal is for this podcast to be the go-to go-to resource for solo creators. This podcast is your creator companion. When you set out to create and share online, not many people in your immediate world can emphasize, em, empathize with, with uh, how challenging it actually is. So family and friends that have like traditional careers are like, like, yo, it, it's still, even though more, it's more popular, it's still fairly unconventional about like, like actually turning this thing into a way to uh, make money, whether it's a full-time or a side project, like it's still a new world to people. People still think it's like, it's not possible. So what I want to do with this podcast, because I know because I created all those projects that failed and it felt like, like no one really got what I was like doing, didn't see the vision. I can see the vision. Like I get it when people want to build whether it's creative expression or or to create side income for their fam or you know whatever like i get it and i get the possibilities around it and i failed in so many different ways and i had successes in so many different ways that i'm able also to provide strategy around it so this is kind of like the podcast is like like i want it to be like your you know the the coach that is like helping you with mindset stuff and like the 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 strategist that is also helping you with direction and i want it to be one of your go-to resources uh one of the, the guests on the show get it i get it so as you're building as you're creating your own brand online as you're turning this thing into a side income or a real business the goal is simply for this to be a resource for you along the way and i would also love if you would share this with a friend because i love doing this show this is my power hobby and the more people that listen to it the more I get that external validation, <laughs> but also the more people uh, that hopefully can get value and and like uh, you know apply it to their world and uh, and and yeah, just just give them some assistance with what it is that they're building and feel seen and feel listened to and like and uh, and like have someone that gets them. 
Uh, that's what this podcast is for. So, uh, yeah, share it with a friend if you can. If not, all good. And thank you so much for listening to this show. Keep building. I appreciate you.